In terms of the kind of work we do as SREs, I like to split between proactive work and reactive work. Part of being an SRE is responding to incidents. Like I said, so when something goes wrong, there's effectively a fire, it's our job to try to put that fire out. And so that's where the reactive work comes to actually reacting to an incident. And that could be anything from, you know, starting out finding where the issue is, isolating the issue, whether it's a networking related issue, like I said, or a capacity issue, then troubleshooting and trying to come to some sort of resolution as quickly as possible. Hello and welcome to the Cloud Career Mentor Show, where we aim to inspire, educate and motivate you to achieve your cloud goals. Today we're going to talk about SRE, what it's like as a day-to-day SRE site reliability engineer, what the pros and cons of the industry, as well as just general advice if you're looking to become a site reliability engineer. And today we have a very special guest who's going to help us to understand everything we need to know about this topic. She has deep experience in the industry. And yeah, I'm really excited to have you on. Welcome, Adama. How are you doing? Thank you for having me. I'm doing well, thank you. Um, It's the Thursdays we're recording this. I can't complain. It's been a pretty okay week. But um, yeah, I'm excited to to be on the show and have this conversation with you. No, that's great. Um, So the first question I usually ask is, how would you describe your role? Let's say you're at a dinner party and someone says, you know, what do you do? How, how do you describe your role to them? Yeah, it's a good question. And I think SRE is one of those kind of weird roles that people are not quite sure about. But I usually try to flip it so that people understand where I'm coming from when I even am talking about reliability. So usually it's asking about a time when they felt frustrated about you know not being able to access an application or not being able to, you know, their website, their favorite website isn't performing as expected and they can't buy what they want. And I'm like, it's my responsibility to ensure that that doesn't happen. And if it does happen, to get the system back up and running as quickly as possible. So effectively that you get the experience that you're expecting. And how we do that is just with a number of tools to our disposal. So if we are working in a cloud native environment, then we may be making use of services there, right? Whether they're related to auto scaling, right? Maybe it's an issue that's to do with capacity or perhaps we're looking into our, well, almost certainly looking into our observability, monitoring and alerting system, right? So that we can see where things may be going wrong and then take the necessary actions. It's pretty much making sure that our system is reliable and using any tool at our disposal to achieve it. Yeah, no, I think that's a great explanation for what an an SRE does. But before we dive into all the technical chat, let's go back before you go into the cloud. What did you do? And what made you decide to want to get into the cloud industry in the first place? Yeah. Um, so I was actually studying at university. So I'd finished my degree. And I actually, when I left university, the pandemic hit. So as you can imagine, it wasn't the best time to be looking for, for jobs. Um, and I had some very, very brief kind of experience with programming um, and a little bit of modeling when I studied geography, but really nothing much, nothing that I could really walk into a job and be like, yes, I can be useful (laughs) pretty much in anything. (laughs) So, but I actually started playing around with Code Academy. So that exposure was enough to give me some interest to start looking more deeply into coding. And I started playing with Python a little bit. And the more that I was playing with it, I was like, I really like these tools. I really like what's possible with this. So what would be the next step? And that's when I found um, a program that pretty much trains you up. So I was trained up as a cloud engineer and then kind of deploy you into positions to like contract you out. So yeah, that's kind of the route that I went down. It wasn't as straightforward, like I don't have a computer science background, for example, or software development. I actually studied geography and then made my way into the cloud. 
It's funny. I think we need to start a, a geography club because I also study geography. And also we had an interview with Jamie Phillips, who's a staff site reliability engineer for the NBA. And he also studied geography. So maybe there's a there's a correlation between geography and, and technology. It's a, it's a hidden thing. <laughs> no, that's great. Um, no, thanks for walking us through your journey. And I think it's really important to share this because not everyone has a quote unquote traditional technical background in terms of maybe studying computer science and then going straight into the cloud. A lot of the times people come from different industries and they sort of either stumble into it or, you know, they, they start learning one thing, then another. And then there we go. They're in the cloud. So would you say your first job was as a cloud engineer or as a site reliability engineer? So my first actual job was as an SRE. So even though my training was as a cloud engineer, we pretty much were trained in a, a range of disciplines or if you'd like to say, with a range of skills. So I learned to build applications or build applications uh, in Java, but also to deploy those applications into the cloud uh, from a very early stage. So using things like um, Terraform for infrastructure as code, CI, CD pipelines. I think we played around with Circle CI at the time. Um, and so I had a range of skills to kind of draw on and when it was when it was time to effectively be deployed, shall we say, into a position, SRE came up as one of the ones that was an option, and I actually had never heard of that, about it until this point here. Like, it's one of those jobs where I don't think you really hear about it until you're on the inside. It's not like something yes. heard of or anything like that. And so I heard about it and what it kind of involved, and I was like, "Quote: This sounds really interesting. Like, you get to learn and do multiple things in multiple areas, draw on multiple skill sets. Like, this is really up my street." And I think. As geographers, I have an idea that people who study geography really like just a lot of things, right? And they can't quite decide yet at that level of university what they really want to go deeply into, but they want to study something rigorous and they want to be challenged. And that's why I think like jobs that have that kind of multi-dimensional aspect to them draw people from like different uh, backgrounds, but also geography. So yeah, that's how I kind of started. And it was my first official job after that cloud engineering boot camp or training. Yeah, no, I, I feel exactly what you said about the geography thing, because, you know, you don't really know what you want to do, but you don't want to be pigeonholed and you have a sense of curiosity, I guess. But um, also, I really like what you said about, you know, SRE role came up, you went for it, because a lot of the questions I get get asked is, you know, do I go for from cloud beginners is they ask me if they should go for DevOps roles, cloud engineer roles, site reliability roles. And my response is usually don't focus on that, like learn the skills because they all use similar skills. And so if you can learn those skills and then just basically take whatever job comes up first, because, you know, once you actually get a foot in the door, you can then start building experience and deciding, OK, do I actually want to do SRE or DevOps, but again, a lot of the time they, they're quite similar, um, but they're also quite different as well, which segues nicely into what is an SRE and what does it look like day to day in terms of what sort of tasks are you doing? What are the expectations? Are you interested in getting your first cloud job? If you answered yes, then I have a free guide just for you. This free guide walks you through a proven step-by-step -step process to help you get that first cloud job. It walks you through the three simple steps you can take today to make yourself highly employable. The link is in the description below, so make sure you download it now if you're interested. All right, let's get back to the show. Sure. So in terms of the kind of work we do as SREs, I like to split between proactive work and reactive work. So part of being an SRE is responding to incidents. Like I said, so when something goes wrong, 
um, and there's effectively a fire, it's our job to try to put that fire out. And so that's where the reactive work comes to actually reacting to an incident. And that could be anything from, you know, starting out finding where the issue is, isolating the issue, whether it's a networking related issue, like I said, or a capacity issue, then troubleshooting and trying to come to some sort of resolution as quickly as possible. And your immediate resolution might not be the most elegant right now. It's just about, you know, returning the system to a state that is acceptable. And then we can start thinking about, you know, how um, we, we might make this more sophisticated or actually start doing more proactive work, which is the other type of work, which is we're trying to improve the performance and stability of the system in advance. So effectively that we don't even get to those states where we're having all these incidents, right? And so that's where you're going to be doing maybe things like fine tuning your observability and your monitoring or defining SLOs, which are service level objectives, ways that we can measure our system and the expectations as they relate to the end user, but also like automating work. So, you know, so that a human doesn't have to be involved if something goes wrong or in a certain stage in the process or the software development lifecycle, maybe if we automate certain things out, we can actually have a much more efficient system and be able to respond more efficiently. And so that's why the role is is, is very varied. Like, for example, sometimes I'm working on logging related issues because even though on the surface you're like, why would you be in the code, like, you know, changing logs, but logs are very important when things go wrong. And sometimes you don't know that until something goes wrong and you're like, I really wish I had the log for that. Like, why into my system in that sense? So then the proactive task would like, okay, we've identified some areas now that we may need to go back and improve uh, that kind of visibility, observability. So yes, it ranges. It it really does. Yeah. And I think that's, that's so interesting because I think every organization, at least when they get to a certain scale, should have an SRE because I'd say the main difference between sort of SRE and DevOps is that DevOps, you know, you're, you're concerned about deploying things. Whereas I feel like SRE, you really, I really like what you said about taking that proactive approach because, you know, a lot of the times, you know, we just want to deploy stuff. We just want to get it working and we don't really think about the maintainability. And I think having people who actually think about that long term, like, okay, you know, the service crash, should we get some pipelines in, you know, should we get the logs and monitoring in? Should we, should we see what the performance of the application or the service in? And I think. I love what you said about having the sort of proactive and the reactive because, you know, every once in a while something crashes and you just have to fix it. You know, best practice doesn't really come into play because the website's down. We just need to get it back up by any means necessary. And then, you know, once everything's stable, we can then go back and look, okay, how can we do this better and all of that. So no, thanks for, thanks for clarifying that. What would you see as some of the pros and cons of being an SRE? That's another really good question. Um, I think some of the pros would definitely be the sheer variety. And like I said, the touch points and the technologies and the skills that you work with. If you are somebody who likes to continuously learn, to be continuously challenged and pushed, this is the kind of role that you would enjoy um, because it's, there's no, like I've learned everything now, boom, I'm an SRE. Like you will be continuously learning as environments are changing, as the technologies are changing what it means to have a reliable system or to ensure the system remains reliable will change. And so you need to be willing to move with times, right? With the new technologies being used, if it's containerized now versus, you know, like using VMs and things like that, are you prepared and ready for the changes in those environments? So that's definitely one of the pros, I would say. I mean, it's pretty well paid, like on the whole. Um, In comparison to actually a lot of roles in tech, I think the SRE position is well compensated. But I do also remind people it's it's for a reason. Like this is not a, <laughs> job. and not that I suggest that other jobs in tech are, but 
And if I go into the cons and you'll understand, but like these are sometimes very high pressure systems or very high pressure scenarios, right? You imagine the system is down. This is not a fun place to be, right? Your end user may be sending in complaints or if your end user is somebody in a C-suite, they're, they're really quite upset at this point because why has the system been allowed to fail to the point where it's affected the end user? And if you're at that stage and you're somebody who struggles with your nerves or struggles with stress and things like that, at the beginning, you may struggle with this. And that's not to say that you can't learn, you know, all of us can learn to adapt to situations. But yes, it's not to be taken lightly. Sometimes the the amount of pressure in some of these systems or in some of these scenarios. So I'd say those are the main ones. I think you get to work with incredibly smart people, which is probably going back to the pros, people who are also very like-minded. But because the role is not isolated, like SREs don't just work with SREs, right? We will have to interact with sometimes the network engineers or the software developers and often the people higher up the chain. Like if we have been tasked with something, say, reducing the cost of um, our cloud environment, but maintaining reliability, sometimes that's something that falls on, on us. Um, and so we may be um, interacting with people in the business, understanding their needs and understanding like how we can get to this resolution quicker, but maintaining always the reliable system that we expect for our end user. Um, so the communication aspect is very, very interesting. And I think, again, if, if you like to be able to communicate with a, a range of audiences, right, because sometimes you're not just talking to very technical people. And are you prepared to, you know, share information about technical situations with people who aren't always very technical, I say. Um, but yeah, if you enjoy that sort of stuff, then it's a definitely a big pro. Um, yeah. Yeah. Thanks for uh, highlighting the communication skills and the fact that, you know, a big part of what you do is talking to other people in the organization, you know, other stakeholders, because a lot of the people who are trying to get into the cloud, you know, there's almost this thing where they feel like they have to, you know, pound out all the labs and do all the certifications. And that's useful. But at the end of the day, I think the most important thing is communication because that comes into play, you know, when you're writing your CV, how you communicate your skills and experience, though, even when you interview, how do you communicate? Are you confident? Do you, do you act like you'll fit in well with the team? Because it's a, it's a team sport. Once you're actually in, you're going to need to talk to, you know, like the product managers or the software developers or the, you know, senior executive executive and, and all these other people. And you need to be able to be confident and, and competent in your, in your communication. So thanks for highlighting lighten that yeah i think sometimes soft skills get downplayed and i was thinking about this the other day that um yeah maybe we need to reframe the way we think about them because i think even the naming of them soft has lent us as people to kind of think that oh, they're back you know so long as i can learn everything i need to learn about python or learn everything i need to learn about aws i'll be fine but like you said if you cannot communicate <laughs> your skills or communicate your abilities it really doesn't matter right and there's other sorts of skills like adaptability and even organization. Like th these things that have been, you know, pushed back to soft skills are really integral in some of these jobs. I say, especially jobs that have multiple layers of complexity like SRE or even cloud engineering, there are multiple things going on, multiple touch points. Those soft skills become incredibly important. Yeah. And um, just to also touch on something you said about, you know, being an SRE and, you know, if a website goes down and I just want to just, confront to everyone that it's not unique to SREs, you know, some organizations, if you're a DevOps engineer, you're responsible for that. So I think just like the cloud DevOps SRE role, there's something called on-call, 
which is where someone has to be available at all times if something like the website going down because it has to be dealt with immediately. And usually there's an on-call rotor. So depending on what organization you're in, you might have to be on that rotor, which means if the website goes down at two in the morning, guess what? You're getting woken up. And this is something I've had to deal with a lot in my career, at least early on. Have you had to deal with stuff like that, Adama? I haven't really had too many calls in the night. But obviously this concept of being on call exists and it's multiple roles may be required to be on call. SREs almost always, like as part of our job description, be on call is something that you um, are expected to do in part. So yes, I have been on call and had to respond to situations. And like you said, you may actually have to pull other people in. So if I'm the primary on call, but like, you know, it's time to escalate. We haven't been able to resolve the issue. Maybe I need a dev. Perhaps there needs to be a dev that's available on call and it varies in com- from company to company who's actually on call, who's available for escalations and such things. So, yes, the actual structure of it is varies. But I think the really important thing in drawing out from what you said is reliability is not just the responsibility of the SRE, right? We may be the ones who have it in our title, but it benefits everybody, right? A reliable system allows all of us to be able to work at an optimal level from the devs to the DevOps engineers, the cloud engineers, right? If we have a system that is stable and that we can build on and that we can innovate on, we're all going to be in a much better position. So it's not just, oh, the SRE is over there deal with reliability. Like it's it's everybody's responsibility, I'd say. Yeah, definitely. I mean, just, just a final point on that, on call has ruined many a house party for me. Like <laughs> I've had to sit there sometimes on my laptop trying to fix an issue, but that, that's a story for another day. So we're, we're coming to the end of this now. And I just want to ask you, you know, there's people listening who are like, oh yeah, you know, I might, I might want to become an SRE or I might want to learn more. What's one advice you'd give to someone who's considering getting an SRE role? So maybe this is going to be their first job or maybe they're a cloud or a DevOps engineer and they're looking to transition into SRE. What, what's one piece of advice you'd give them? Sure. So I'm always very honest about this, that in my opinion, I don't think SRE is typically an entry-level job. I know that's the route that I took, but I think I had a very um, particular situation where I was working with a company that could like land me that job and that there was a company that were willing to take on more junior SREs. If you notice, and if you ever look at um, in a job search, there are very few junior SREs in the same way you might see a junior DevOps position because in the industry, it's understood as a role that you typically come into after you've had some experience like cloud engineers may then veer into SREs or DevOps engineers may veer in or even software developers. And it's just because you can bring your strengths from that particular role and then layer on. So my advice is typically and usually for people who want to go into SRE is if you've come from a background such as DevOps or such as software development, make sure that you lean into those skills and then it's about layering on. So if you've been a software developer, you have great understanding of how to write code, how to understand it, how to architect like well-written, well-informed code. That means that is your asset that you are going to bring into an SRE team. <laughs> That's amazing when things go wrong because there's something wrong with the code base. Like you are the person that we're going to call on or in part ask to kind of share your knowledge of. And then it's about layering on some of those other things like understanding SLOs and the service level model and understanding automation, right? So wherever you are, identify the gap, right? There are re- resources out there. I have my own resources, my channel and some like free resources in my course, but identify what it is that you may be missing and start to layer that on top. It's not about learning everything. You're not going to be able to be networking at the level of a network engineer and developing at the level of a developer as an SRE. You can't, you just couldn't do it all. And if I could do all of those things at the level of that, 
the salary I'd be asking for, I don't think anyone would want to pay me. Because if I could be a network engineer developer and all these things at the top tier, right? But you need to understand enough and be willing to prepare to lean into certain things and have some strengths, areas that people like know, like, okay, she knows about the chaos engineering or she's got the development background. She's that personal. CICD, we're going to her, we're going to him. And the rest is just about creating that environment around it so that you can be useful in an SRE position. Yeah, no, thanks. I think you've shared a lot of valuable insights. If someone wanted to find out more from you, I think you mentioned you have a YouTube channel and you have a course. Let the people know how they can reach you. Sure. Um, so I have my YouTube channel, um, Adam and Talks Tech, where I talk prim- primarily about SRE, to be honest, but um, other things that interest me as well, like AI. I have my TikTok, also Adam and Lorna, where I talk about tech as well, but usually obviously in shorter form content, more like snippets and bites so you can understand And I recently launched the Becoming an SRE course, which is geared to those who want to transition from other tech roles into SRE. Um, And it's built around understanding those fundamentals, but also building out the projects to support that. So you're getting the hands on. And then finally, once you have that knowledge, that projects or the projects behind you, how do you actually get the job right there? It's a different skill set, as we were saying before, you know, have the technical understanding and even, you know, the foundational knowledge or theory of certain things. But how do you convey that? in a way that and a potential employer understands that you understand what SRE is and you understand that the value you are going to bring if you are in this team and if you enter our organization. So those are the things that I kind of cover in the course. Awesome. Thank you very much. And I'll put, put all the links in the show notes as well so people can check that out. Once again, thanks for coming on. And yeah, we'll, we'll talk later. Thank you for inviting me. It's been a great conversation.